When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Friday, August 19th, and this is People Every Day. Well, hello there, everyone. I'm Lene Brody, senior reporter here at People, and I am so excited to be here with you today. I love coming on the show as a guest to gab with Janine, and when she asked me if I'd be interested in hosting, my jaw just about hit the floor. Hello, yes, please. We've got a great show for you today with a little Emmys preview, some new music to get to today. And of course, we have to get into what's happening this weekend down in Georgia with the newlyweds, Ben and Jennifer. But first, let's get into what's been buzzing around out there today. We begin with an update in the ongoing trial between Vanessa Bryant and Los Angeles County. Since news of the helicopter crash first broke, the death of Kobe and his daughter Gianna have overshadowed much of the coverage and conversation surrounding the tragedy. But yesterday, Chris Chester, who is suing Los Angeles County with Vanessa Bryant, took the stand and gave new insights to what the families of some of the victims have gone through. Chester, who lost his wife Sarah and daughter Peyton in the crash, testified that he is, quote, fearful all the time every day that the crash scene photos will leak to the public. Yesterday marked the first time Chester spoke publicly about the crash. He recalls his final conversation with his daughter before she headed off to her basketball game in the morning, saying, quote, Peyton and I had a very close relationship. I gave her my rah-rah speech. He then kissed his wife Sarah and told them, quote, I'd see them tonight. Chris Chester said he was in disbelief when he heard that some first responders had allegedly shared photos of the crash scene saying, quote, it didn't seem plausible and that his, quote, empty sadness quickly turned into rage at the thought of these photos being shared. Vanessa Bryant took the stand today and recalled how when she first learned of the crash that she tried not to react because of her three daughters, Capri, Bianca, and Natalia, as they were in the room with her. Bryant said she then, quote, bolted out of the house and I broke down and cried. I just wanted to run down the block and scream. She then added, I can't escape my body. I can't escape what I feel. It's still just an incredibly heartbreaking story. And I can only imagine the fear that Chris Chester, Vanessa Bryant, and the other victims' families must wake up feeling every single day. We will continue to keep you updated on this story as it develops. Next up, we have a shocking story coming out of Bravo's newest Housewives franchise, The Real Housewives of Dubai. During this week's episode, Chanel Ayan stunned viewers when she revealed on camera that she was circumcised when she was just five years old, and it was very emotional and unexpected, to say the least. I didn't know what was going on whatsoever. And then they took us to this man's house, and they just tied us on the bed, and we were circumcised. The Kenyan-born model sat down with me for an exclusive interview where she opened up to people about the first time she told her husband, Chris, about her traumatic past. Quote, I had to sit him down and talk to him about it. He's never heard of it. Of course, he was very shocked. He didn't understand it, but he loved me and just made me feel comfortable about it. 
Chanel said her husband, Christopher, was a huge factor in helping her speak out about her experience. Knowing that female genital mutilation continues to happen around the globe, Chanel hopes her voice can spread awareness and save others from the same experience. She told us, quote, yes, I am a victim, but I have my power now because I talked about it. I feel like saying it helps me to get my power back and confidence that I've always lost in it with my body and things like that. Ion really wanted to get her story out there, and I'm so glad she is finding healing in all of this. She was so brave and gracious to open up to me so candidly, and I'm thrilled to be able to help her spread her awareness. And now it's time to get into what will be the biggest party of the weekend, Mr. and Mrs. Affleck's wedding celebration in Georgia, y'all. We thought we'd send you into the weekend with a little Ben and Jen update. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, or now Jennifer Affleck, were spotted with their kids in Savannah, Georgia yesterday as they prepare to celebrate their nuptials. As fans know, the famous couple tied the knot in an intimate ceremony in Las Vegas just last month. Now, even more festivities are underway and we at People couldn't be more excited to tell you every little detail. And joining me now to do just that is People Senior Editor, Mia McNeese. Hey, Mia. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Okay, we have to get into it. Ben and Jen are out with their kids. They're getting ready to celebrate with friends and family. What was on their schedule yesterday? Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez had a big day yesterday out and about in town. J-Lo visited the Glow Med Spa while Ben and the kids went and got coffee at Gallery Expresso. And the Glow Med Spa owner, Courtney Victor, she exclusively tells people that they were clearly in love and they all seemed like such a happy and cohesive family unit. Oh my gosh, that sounds like the best way to kick off your wedding party weekend, doesn't it? So, you know, what else did she tell us about the group and about the sighting? Like lucky her, right? To get to glow up J-Lo before the big weekend? Yeah, although it doesn't sound like much work was needed. She said J-Lo looked absolutely flawless. It's unbelievable how beautiful she is. She is the epitome of a glowing bride. Uh, The group was also so low-key and very gracious. So people are well aware for the first time that Ben and Jennifer were engaged back in the early 2000s. They didn't make it down the aisle that time. But the fact that they are married now after rekindling their romance is a huge deal and a cause for celebration coming back stronger than ever. Do we know what the details of the party will look like? What can you share? Um, An insider told people last month that the newlyweds plan on having a bigger party so they can celebrate with family and friends. I think having the kids there and their family are really very important to both of them. Well, Mia, we also just got some late breaking news that earlier today, an ambulance was actually spotted leaving the Georgia property. There were photos at surface showing Ben and his daughter Violet riding in a separate car next to it. Obviously, we hope that everything is all right. We'll definitely keep you posted on people.com as we learn more. Mia, thank you so much for stopping by to discuss all of this with me. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute blast hosting and being with all of you today, but I thought I'd let my colleague Nigel Smith in on the fun. Coming up, Nigel is back to sit down with People's senior editor of TV, Brianne Heldman, to go behind the scenes of this year's biggest shows and give you a little Emmys preview. But first, it's the end of the week. It's New Music Friday, and Demi Lovato's got a brand new album out today. It's called Holy F, and it's all about Demi being reborn after overcoming struggles with mental health and addiction, which she chronicles in the first single off the album, Skin of My Teeth. I can't 
gotta listen to the album yourself. I'm such a fan of hers, especially the Tell Me You Love Me moment from 2017. But Demi's not the only artist with new music out today. After the break, we're sitting down with Lucas Graham to hear the latest about his European tour and his newest single, Wish You Were Here. We'll be right back. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. love listening to good old pop artists and my next guest is top of my list. Grammy-nominated multi-platinum artist Lucas Graham has kept the hits coming with throwback chart toppers like Drunk in the Morning and Love Someone. And now he is back with a brand new single, Wish You Were Here. But that's not all that's going on in his world as he's on the road in full swing of his European summer tour. So to talk about his new song and what fans can expect next is none other than Lucas Graham himself. Hey, Lucas, welcome to the show. Hey, Lene. I am uh, in my kitchen in Copenhagen, just having a little day off in between shows. (laughs) Well, let's get right into it. I mean, and it's twice as nice with the feature from R&B star Khalid. Take me behind the scenes in the making of it. And what was it like collaborating with him? I started writing the song with, uh, with legendary Ryan Tedder. And through the creative process, Ryan stated several times that he thought that I could carry the song by myself, but that it would also be cool to get a feature on. And when Khalid ended up hopping on this song, I was absolutely stoked. Also very amazed that he decided to come to Copenhagen and actually record his part of the song in my sound studio. And we went out for a wonderful dinner afterwards. I can't say enough good things about Khalid and his crew. The track is one of those that you play on repeat when you miss that special someone in your life. So I have to ask, what was your wife's reaction when she heard of it? And did she give you the stamp of approval? She really liked the song. I think the way that, that she's traveled with me over the years, she can hear how much it's about friends of mine. And there might be a little hint of my dad and a few friends who've passed away in the song too. But it's mainly to all those friends that are still alive. So let's switch gears a little bit and get back into your backstory. I mean, your roots trace back to Copenhagen, Denmark, and you've been on the scene over there for seven years. So what was your first introduction to music? And when did you realize you, quote unquote, made it? I don't think I ever thought of like making it in the traditional sense. I think because I grew up singing and I grew up performing since I was like eight years old. I've been singing professionally. I started writing songs when I was 20. I think just the idea that I could live off of writing songs and releasing them when I was 22, 23 was pretty mind-blowing. Then like right after my dad passed away and I got a publishing deal with Warner Chapel, 
And then at 25, I got a record deal with Warner Record. It was like the level of making it kept changing. And it went from, wow, we can pay rent with money from live shows to why I could buy a house with money from record sales to wow, I can live wherever I want to in the world and tour wherever I want to in the world to wow, billions of streams. It's like making it just keeps moving in some weird way. You've also made the international crossover to the United States with your music, not to mention you've garnered a huge fan base on TikTok with a million followers. So it seems like you truly are in a whirlwind. What has this moment been like for you? And what are your thoughts on being able to connect with your fans on the app? I'm pretty amazed just when I look at the amount of shares of different songs that I've done. I think it was last year when, when I had an old song, Mama Said, Go Number One on TikTok chart. And, you know, I write songs from a pretty egotistical standpoint. It's like I write them for me and then I release them for you and the world. And then just having millions of people connect to the words and the melodies that I write is absolutely dumbfounding. We know you're in the midst of your tour that extends to the end of summer. So what could possibly be next on the horizon for you, Lucas? The way it looks like with the Wish You Were Here single drop, it looks like I'm going to have to come back to the States as soon as possible. So it would be nice to be in the States a little more now that the the world has opened up a little bit. Lucas Graham, thank you so much for sitting down with me. And remember, Wish You Were Here is now streaming everywhere. Thanks very much for your time, Lene. Where has the summer gone? I can't believe we're halfway through August. Teachers and students are in back to school mode. Halloween candy and decorations are already on the shelves and the Emmys are right around the corner. In this week's issue of People, we catch up with some of the stars of TV's hottest shows out there and go behind the scenes of series like Ted Lasso, Abbott Elementary and Yellow Jackets. Joining me now to talk all things TV is People's senior TV editor, Brianne Heldman. Hey, Brianne. Hey, Nigel, my favorite subject, but I'm with you. I can't believe it's Emmy season already. All right. So let's start with one of the shows that really put Apple TV Plus on the map. And of course, I'm talking about the Emmy juggernaut, Ted Lasso. So you caught up with Nick Mohammed, who is up for his second Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series nomination. Let's hear what he had to say about the dark turn his character Nate took last season. It was definitely challenging. Um, and then, yeah, to sort of find myself be the villain of the piece, um, I guess second to Rupert, who's the ultimate villain. Um, yeah, it was, it's fun. It's a fun place to, to start season three from, that's for sure. Now, Brianne, what else did he have to say about his time on set? Nick Mohammed is actually a very, very busy man. He writes another series called Intelligence, which actually airs on Peacock co-starring David Schwimmer. So when I asked him what he does between takes, he was like, well, basically I write for intelligence, but if everyone else is around, then he does a lot of eating and chatting and catching up with the cast. But I will say, we all know that Nate took this dark turn. He's so delightful in person, such a funny guy and so humble, unlike Nate, who has gone nasty. Well, Abbott Elementary's Quinta Brunson is easily one of the biggest breakout stars of the year. When the Emmy nominations came out, she was just all over the place. She's up for three nominations for writing, producing, and starring in the hit show. And it sounds like she still can't believe it. I'll tell you the truth. I straight up ignored my nomination. I still don't think it's really set in. I'm just like, still like me? Like, (laughs) what? I actually found this interview so inspiring. One of the big things she said is that her success this year forced her to have a reckoning and recognize that 
she can and is capable of making her dreams come true. And that that was really kind of hard to reconcile in her mind. And I think that's true for so many people. And so now she's like, well, I don't know what's next, but I can make it happen. And it's so cool. That's awesome. Wish her the best of luck at the Emmys. All right, now on to Showtime's Yellow Jackets. Now, this is a show I became quickly addicted to, like many across the world, but it seemingly just came out of nowhere, even though it had this amazing female cast. But it was one of those shows that became a kind of water cooler show, if you will. Melanie Linsky is up for Best Lead Actress in a Drama Series, and she comes off a SAG Award win. What does she have to share about working with such an incredibly talented cast she said that when they first were filming, it was still COVID. So they didn't spend that much time close with one another. But they've since downloaded the Marco Polo app. And they wind up sharing these messages back and forth that have gotten increasingly intense and open. And she says some of the intensity of the show is actually translated in their relationships. But she means it in a very good way. And she says, Juliette Lewis especially leaves very long-winded messages that are hilarious and crazy and fascinating. And before I let you go, I know it's a little early, but can you give me one actor or show that you think is a slam dunk to take home an Emmy Award, maybe Melanie Linsky or someone who could pull off a potential upset that night? Well, I will tell you what I think is a slam dunk is Michael Keaton for Dope Sick in Best Actor in a Limited Series. That series was amazing. I feel like people aren't talking about it still the way they should be. And I think we're going to see some interesting action happening in that best comedy actress category with Quinta Brunson versus Jean Smart from Hacks. People are guessing one of the two of them will take it, and I really don't know which it will be. If I really were forced, I'd say it should go to Jean that Quinta should win for writing, and maybe we'll see an Abbott Elementary win for Best Comedy Series. I'm pulling through for Michael Keating just based on the, the speech he gave at the SAG Awards, which took all sorts of turns and ended up being really, really powerful. This is for my nephew, Michael, and my sister, Pam. I lost Michael, I lost my nephew, Michael, to drugs, and it hurts. This is for my sister, Pam. Thanks. I mean, Dope Sick is one of the most powerful pieces of television I have ever watched. And if you haven't watched it, please, please, please go do it. It's on Hulu. Well, be sure to check that out. And also be sure to check out our behind the scenes coverage in this week's issue of People. Thank you so much, Brianne, for taking us through all of this. Thank you. Now it's time to kick off your weekend with a little something to make you smile. I am such a big fan of Martin Short. Everything he does is absolutely hilarious and wonderful. From father of the bride to only murders in the building, he's seriously just the best. Last night on The Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon asked Martin what he'd been up to this summer, and it sounded like he was pretty busy. And do I regret my uh, Kim and Pete forever tattoo? Sure. Um... <laughs> And apparently, not only did he get some new ink, but he spent some time in Florida too. How about this? You know, I was at the I was at Mar-a-Lago during the big FBI raid. Wait, what? Oh, I'm gonna lie. You know, what? no, no, I'm 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 a member I there. I did not know you were a member of Mar-a-Lago. Oh my God, I, well, I I don't like Trump's politics, but I love his omelet station. It's so great because you can just, if you're a member, you can just read as many classified documents as you want. They're on the, they're on the 
Seriously, the man is such a gem of a human. It's always so great and so wonderful. It was such a special experience for me to be with you all today. Thank you so much for listening and letting me be a part of your day. Janine will be back on our Monday episode of People Every Day. So until then, have a great weekend. People Every Day is produced by Chrissy Lindquist, Tony Mantia, Amy Machado, Madison Lesby, with help from Patrick Vermillion and the great team at Pod People. People's producers are me, Janine Rubenstein, and Charlotte Triggs, with help from Aliza Sessler and Fallon Harge. Edited by Morgan Foos, Carter Wogan, and Michael Aquino. And executive produced by David Flumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman. <laughs>